This is episode number 131 with Antoinette Irvine from Unilever. Welcome to Transform Talks, the only podcast that cuts straight through the hype and noise on supply chain transformation. I'm Maria Villablanca, the CEO and co-founder of the Future Insights Network. Join me as I uncover the stories and delve deeper into the topics that really matter to you. By now, we all know that the pandemic forced most companies to embrace working from home, and many executives and leaders found themselves managing and leading remotely. Now that we're moving from pandemic to endemic COVID, will the pre-pandemic management styles go extinct? Joining me to discuss this and more is Antoinette Irvine, VP of HR for Global Supply Chain, who has dedicated over 12 years to FMCG giant Unilever. Antoinette tells us how Unilever adapted its upskilling initiatives when working from home became a necessity and how they increased their workforce well-being scores by 10%. With a global shortage of supply chain talent and a surge in vacancies, leaders are under enormous pressure to update their management styles to retain top talent. In this episode, we find out the key skills managers require to retain talent while boosting productivity and effectiveness for greater ROI. With many years of experience under her belt, I'm really interested to talk to Antoinette and delve deeper into these topics. So let's get started. Antoinette, thank you so much for joining Transform Talks, and uh, I'm really excited to talk to you today. Great to be here. Great to be back. Great to have an opportunity to connect. So you know what? People. <laughs> this is exactly what you what you work on, what you deal with every day. We're living in extraordinary times, and I think that um, prior to starting to record, you and I were chit-chatting, and we were just chatting a little bit about managing people. I'd like to know what your thoughts are on um are we going to go back to pre-pandemic management styles? Is this the new way of working? What is the new way of working? What, what's, what's your thinking around that? So my, my view is we're, we're never going to go back. Um, we'll, we'll, let's say not for the foreseeable next few years, because we know that COVID, as we've seen today with, with Omicron, is, is, is still um, alive and um, causing disruption. So um I think that during 2021, we saw a, a, a year where we started to settle in to what we could call as, dare I say, a new normal, because there's nothing mm-hmm. normal about it, in, in the sense that we were coming to terms with how do we continue to really get out of crisis mode? Because in 2020, I'm sure all businesses like ours, with our people, we were just in crisis mode. You know, how to cope, what are our policies, how to look after our people in our context, how to run our factories. And in 221, it was a year of saying, okay, this is our reality. Now, how do we make it work? And how do we continue to keep our company growing, competitive, and and deal with the realities of our people, which, as you know, and everybody knows, was a scenario of operations that need to run, people that need to be in those operations and in in the offices, how do we work with the whole context of Agile? And we are an international company. So around the world, we we were having shifts with people either returning to office, um, closing offices again as COVID sparked. So the whole year we 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 built, I would say, an agility or a resilience. And I would I would probably say other companies have it as well, where we were um, ramping up and ramping down with with managing 
our employee needs in terms of where they were based, what they were working. And as soon as things, you know, um, subsided in markets, we would be sending people back. And today that's still happening. And so that's, that's become our new normal. And we've actually built, let's say, the muscle and the capability to be able to do that. As we were discussing, and, and I'll stop then um, because I'm sure you have other questions, is, you know, the whole factor of looking after our people became vital and that wasn't just about you know them them staying at home that was in every aspect um, of how do we keep keep reskilling them because at the same time technology is running right um, mm -hmm. our projects needed to be implemented so how do we do agile learning we we had a huge wave in the supply chain and it continues on attrition Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. The market is exceptionally hot and we weren't anticipating that. So for nine months, we've been working on what is our employee proposition? How do we retain people? We, we didn't anticipate we'd find ourselves coming out of a crisis and then dealing with a reality that every company was looking for top supply chain people. So th there's a number of, let me say, new variables that I would say we're coming to terms with and it's becoming our, our new practices of, of how, how do we run our business. And, and I don't anticipate, as I said to you, that we're ever going to go back to 219. But I do think it's the companies that are going to be have the most capability and the most resilience and the most, a bit of the urgent and the important to be able to retain their people, keep the engagement, that that's going to be defining for us going forward. Well, so we went from one crisis to the next crisis to the next crisis, right? So we had the, I think you're right, the, you know, the 2020 was all about dealing with COVID. It was all, we're crisis mode, war-like, war room mentality, wasn't it? Let's just deal with this. I think 2021 was about, okay, I guess this is going to take a little longer than usual. One of the things you and I were talking about is um, the fact that there's so much complexity in people's lives these days, you know, whether you're dealing with a house full of children, a house full of dogs, like I am, elderly parents, just complexity around that, um, that is very different to the corporate veneer that people wore to the office, right? So how does a manager these days, how does someone in HR, how does, how does a business deal with the complexity of finding out what people are, you know, and their people are dealing with and their problems alongside the complexity of building resilience in the business. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, we we talk um, in HR about psychological safety. It's, it's a very um, big term. Mm. But I think that in reality, um, over, over this period, with the exposure to people's lives, the reality of the personal tragedies and circumstances um, all our employees have been in, um, that psychological safety to disclose what, what is actually going on at home or, you know, even to have it on the screen, as we've said, because in many cases, sometimes the reality of what's going at home just suddenly, you know, the doorbell ringing. Because now children walk up. Yeah, children walk up to the Zoom meetings. You know, <laughs> that's the reality we're living in today. Exactly. And so I think that, you know, ironically, it's made a level of openness and transparency around people's lives. And so you find that the most toughest leaders or the leaders that, you know, really never, you never knew anything about their personal life, all of them, I would say, are in a better position today where they are able to engage, they're able to have the empathy that they need. And, and as I say, there is this tolerance um, for, for people that are regularly going through personal crises. And I, 
And we, like every business, um, I mean, well-being, as you know, is, is probably the biggest topic. I mean, if you open any um, article, you know, right. all the things that are getting published. So there's been, for us, our well-being or our human looking after our people and all our town halls, and I'm sure other businesses have this as well, but all our town halls, all our leadership meetings, um, always this is something that is center stage in terms mm-hmm. of creating the, the, the safety net and the tolerance and the understanding for the reality that, that, that people have all these other things going on and it's okay it's okay to share and to be supported. So I, I do think, and ironically, we did our engagement survey because we didn't stop that. We did it now again in September, which is a big thing for us every year. And we saw a 10% increase in our well-being scores, even in our factories, because we have 260 factories that we own and run around the world. And we saw a 10% increase in our factories. And that's because the level of, let's say, care and concern that has gone in, which has needed to go in, whether that's on COVID protocols um, that need to be in place so people are safe actually physically or all the wellbeing programs. that. It, but I think the big thing is that there is a completely new level of empathy and understanding that we see from our line managers now. And, and they just have to have it, right? They well, just have well, to I have just, it. I was just going to say, you can probably draw a line, I'm sure you've done it, between wellness scores improving and, I don't know, profit margins improving, revenue improving, uh, efficiency improvements, right? I mean, if for the cynical people in my audience, the people that perhaps are, uh, I don't know, maybe rolling their eyes a little bit at the fluffy nature of HR, I'm sure, you know, that, oh yeah, here we go, we're going to talk about wellness again. For those cynical people, you could probably draw a line to actual, you know, business value. Absolutely. And I think, you know, well, what are your alternatives is what I would challenge them. Well, what are you going to do? Are you going to dismiss them? I, and I don't mean dismiss as physically ask them to leave, but are you going to dismiss the concerns? The reality is, is that let, let's bring it back to hardcore business. I mean, we, we have to run our operations with all the absenteeism that we, we, we are facing. Even today, I have issues in I have issues in in, um, China, I have issues in North America, I have issues in all parts of the world because of COVID with with running our factories and absenteeism, scheduling, people going off. And if you aren't looking after the community that are fit and well enough to come and having that, that safety net, as I said, you know, you're going to have massive, massive, it's coming, it's already, we can already see it. It's already happening with the disruption on actually not being able to have the resourcing, the US is, is really concerning. I mean, we can't run our factories at the moment. We've, we've got about you know, three or 500 vacancies, um, which we can't fill because there is such a demand for people um, that work in the factories and we can't fill them. And so if we don't look after the people that are well um, and take care of those that need to be off, I, you know, I, I, you then get yourself into a whole nother set of crisis. And as I said to you earlier, this, this unforeseen trend, and I don't know if any of your other um, colleagues have spoken about it, of suddenly the, the market is so active in my context for supply chain individuals. If we don't have those fundamentals in place, why do you work for Unilever in our context? Or why, what, what is the proposition for you? Then going to another company is, 
ironically becoming easier in this context. Yeah. Well, I, I think the, the, the problem is that you can't keep staff long enough in your business without having these kinds of principles uh, embedded into your corporate DNA. You know, I think that's where we're at. I mean, if we go back again to the kind of business I studied, the kind of businesses I've worked at or run, you know, the person was, it's always important to deal with people, but it was sort of a, a, you know, up to a certain point. Whereas now it is a, you know, it is a market for individuals, isn't it? You know, it is a contest for who's going to get the better individual. So if you as a business don't have these kinds of practices in place, you will lose out. What kind of reskilling for managers do we, do we need to have in order to teach them this kind of new management style? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, as I said, I think, you know, and last year was, we were very, very clear, and I'm sure other businesses were, that we had to keep the important going. And what do I mean by the important? The reality, you will know, Maria, is that the skills, the, the technology is, is advancing. You know, the Amazons of the world, all the technology businesses, the Apples, um, et cetera, the technology is advancing. And so um, while we have the crisis of COVID, the reality on reskilling our employees has not changed. It has not changed. And if, if anything, it's accelerated. So our managers uh, need to be able to, unfortunately, manage both dynamics. Yes. They need to be able to say, okay, while, while there are times that I will be in crisis with, with my people or scheduling or absenteeism or whatever, looking after them and having a set of skills, a new set of leadership skills there, I also need to not lose focus that the technology is coming in. In our context, you know, billions have been put into our technology advancement that requires people to be reskilled. So how do we do both of those things? How do we you know, have the empathy, the leadership, create the space, have the wellness programs, have the one-on-one -on -one connection that we need, because obviously this one-on-one -on -one connection has become key because people are not seeing each other anymore. Some teams have never got together. But then how do I make sure I keep the focus on how do I get my people ready for the technology advancement, which is happening even more rapidly than it, than it was before. So we, we have still got that dynamic going and I'm sure many other businesses have as well. And so for us um, and for leaders, it's, it's how do you, you know, now we've had to do learning online. You know, there's no classroom learning, that's gone. So because we, you can't follow people around the world, you, you can't have um, courses being run or trainers coming in. So there's these two dynamics I would say our leaders need to manage. And, and I, I like to simplify it by saying it's all the urgent things, and that includes looking after our people. But it's so much about the important things as well that actually will drive our business and drive the technology and upskilling that, that is still super burning platform um, as we speak today for our business. And, and also it's about creating an environment where you can retain talent, right? So giving people the kind of, not just upskilling, but creating the kind of environments where people can work with each other without the human element, right? I mean, this is, this is not going away. These Zoom meetings or Teams meetings or whatever, you know, like I know I've got team members that, we ha that I haven't met, you know, and, and, and that's not going to go away. So what skills do you think, going back to that question, beyond, uh, I don't know, reskilling people, et cetera, what other skills do managers need to have to be able to manage from a distance? 
you know, it's, it's not very complex, to be honest. I mean, they need to be able to create that in my, you know, I look at how I lead my team, that personal connection. Mm. And they have to do that online, you know. Um, they have to be having the right conversation still about what is important to you, um, what do you need, and that is both in terms of personal and professional development. Yeah. Um, of course, there, there are many programs that run online. I mean, there's, you know, lots of fun events, actually, that you can do, gaming that you can do online and things that can bring your community together. I mean, I'm sure uh, many other companies, you know, would be having, you know, certain fun celebrations. I mean, sometimes some of our leaders, we encourage them to actually just have a day on, on connecting with things that are fun. Now, I know there'll be people on this call thinking, seriously, you know, we're running a business. We're running but, a business in a crisis. You know? <laughs> but actually, you, you have to have those vibrates. So they have to learn a new set of skills about, as I've said earlier, I mean, you know, we need to invest the time in our meetings online on the content, on the delivery, on the work plans, you know, prioritization. You know what else I was going to say? Being present, because there's certain behaviors that are accepted today that would not be accepted in person. How many meetings do you attend where you see people sort of zone out because they're either looking at their phone or they're doing other work whilst working? Now, I'm not saying that they're not doing work, but you wouldn't you wouldn't be in the middle of a board meeting or a boardroom whilst opening up a book. You know, or typing on your computer, you would be present. So I, I find, I don't know about you, that being present is also one of those skills that we really need to work on. Yeah, and it's that connection, as I said. Um, you know, it's it's that making the connection is is investing in the time. I mean, I know that, for example, and others have done this. It's not not unique to me, but you know, I, I mean, I I literally were, was having coffee meetings. It was a half an hour coffee meeting. It was just about in my role with all the top leaders I have around the world. And it was a bit weird for them, I must say, because they were like, well, what's the agenda? I was like, we don't have an agenda. We're, we're, we're going to have coffee today and we're just going to talk about what's happening, you know, what's happening with your family, what's happening with work, what are some of your challenges? So, you know, and as you know, I mean, we I did get a chance to go back to the office. So I, I, I work in London. We did open the office for three months. I was in and out. And amazing, because suddenly you're bumping into people. You have these informal discussions. But everybody says that when, when we're all online, everything has to be planned. Mm -hmm. So you have to be creating the opportunity um, for those connections. And you've got to be deliberate. I think our leaders need to be deliberate. They need to be intentional. And they need to be clear in their mind about what are the factors that are going to motivate our employees. Because let's face it, the other big thing we're all facing is this generations. You know, the yeah. generations of leaders that we're working with. I, I work with um, very, very um, um, newly appointed graduates out of university mm -hmm. um, that have maybe only worked for two and three. The, their needs, their, the discussion that you have with them is fundamentally different. Um, to motivating them to we have to, to very senior people. So um, all of those things become important as a leader now to be able to motivate, let's say, in a different way. Because why are we doing this? Of course we're doing this because we care. Uh, of course we're doing this because we care. But ultimately, getting back to the business discussion, we're doing it because we want to make that individual feel clear on what their priorities are, motivated by, by what they need to do, 
and a very clear set of values on why do they work for your company? You know, um, what, what, what's in it for them? Um, and whether senior people or business leaders like this or not, this thing about what's in it for me as an individual, and I use the word individual because individuality, as we know, is becoming a very big thing. You know, people are just not following blindly. I can't just move people from one part of the world to another anymore. People are just not going. They're saying, no, I won't go to Pakistan or no, I won't work in Nigeria just for the company or I won't go to Germany because I've got family constraints. So this individuality that we need to be um, going after is, is something that we can't ignore. And so we need to get that connection right for our leaders so that we can ultimately really motivate those people that we're working with, because ultimately that's what we want, right? Because that's what drives the productivity. And, and that's what drives the business. And I think in this environment, as we're seeing mass exodus from most businesses, uh, it, we don't have a choice. We don't have a choice because until the robot overlords take over, uh, we are still. Which they're not going to do. They're not going to do. <laughs> we are still heavily reliant on people. You know, technology requires people. You know, processes require people, and innovation requires people. So, I think you're absolutely right with this, Antoinette. I could talk to you for a long time, and, and no doubt we're going to be seeing a lot of change this year as people adjust to new management styles. Before I, we go, one last question. What are your predictions for this year? What do you think are going to be the top things people are going to be focusing on uh, for this year? I think that we're going to, um, I think we're hoping we're going to come out this year with um, starting the year off with, with not having as much disruption. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's going to be our reality. I think we're going to be back into what we experienced last year. And so the interventions, as we were discussing, that businesses have put in place while they were hoping they may be temporary, may actually um, need to be consolidated. Um, And those are all the things I've been talking about, about how we manage agile, about how we run our operations, about how we treat our people, about how we retain. So that that is what I would say is going to be um, critical. And again, businesses need to grow. There are many businesses that are very, very competitive out there. So the competitiveness, the, the market dynamics the demands of our shareholders, unfortunately, are not waning. There's no, um, you know, there's no free pass anymore like we had in 220. So getting those fundamentals right and in this new normal that we discussed, I think is going to be key. And I think we're going to see that coming through again this year. Um, and I'm hoping that all the good practices that many businesses have been putting in place, the ones we have, um, we can now sustain into 222 because we, we're going to need them with the disruption that I believe is about to come again. Well, I wish you the best of luck. I want to thank you for being here and I will uh, no doubt we'll see you again in the next uh, the next time. Thanks so much hey, for having me. Thank you so much. And for those of you listening, we'll catch you again later. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today at Transform Talks. I hope you found this valuable. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe, comment, and share. I'll see you at the next one.